If you or someone you know is wildly charismatic, charming, tends to have a great reputation at work, and yet struggles to be honest if the truth hurts their public approval, then they might be a type three achiever. Also, if you've tested or been told by others that you're a type one, six, or seven, but you're not quite sure, then this video may help confirm or change the Enneagram type you identify with most, because those three types, the one, six, and seven, often get mistyped as threes and vice versa. So with that said, here's a quick look at all the topics we'll cover in this overview of the Enneagram personality type three. We'll start off by defining their major personality traits, then we'll go back in time a bit and cover their childhood experience, then we'll get into the variations based on their wings. Next, we'll describe their movements of integration and disintegration based on how healthy they are. Then we'll get into their instinctual variants and triadic groups. And lastly, we'll end with some practical tips to help avoid the pitfalls of their personality and maintain a healthy sense of self. I'll even pepper in some silly topics at the very end like spirit animals, spirit country, and some others just to lighten up a bit and take a break from all the serious stuff we'll cover throughout most of the episode. All right, that's where we're going. You ready? Let's get into it. The Enneagram Type 3 is nicknamed the Achiever because they tend to desire and attain success. Now, what defines success for Type 3s is always determined by the dominant culture or environment that they're living in. So if their family values sports, they'll probably be a great athlete. If their society values power, they'll probably be a prominent politician. And if they live in a creative city like LA, they'll seek to be a great artist. And so on and so forth. Threes are highly capable people because of their ambition, energy, and most of all, their ability to adapt. Threes are chameleons by nature, so they tend to blend into any system and look like they belong there. And that's both a gift and a curse because you can only blend into so many different environments before you start to lose track of who you really are at your core and what you really want. Threes are masters at telling you what you wanna hear and embodying what you wish you could be. Which is why a lot of people either love or hate threes out of envy. Threes crave social affirmation because deep down they struggle with a sense of shame and disconnection from their true feelings. Threes have a deep, deep pool of shame about their identity and specifically their past. This can make them run on autopilot for long periods at a time as they just lock into work that keeps them feeling accomplished in order to avoid feeling their true feelings. And that leads us to another central issue in the type three's life, which is the truth. The achiever's core sin, if you will, is deceit. They lie. They lie a lot. And most of all, they lie to themselves. They lie about the why behind the what, and they also lie about the what as well if they're scared of your disapproval. But you can cut three some slack because their deceit is rarely malicious. They just can't bear the thought of losing your approval. The whole reason they've abandoned their true identity is to become what you and I are impressed by or admire. So if they end up doing something undeniably bad that costs them public approval, ma'am, now they've not only become some inauthentic person, but they've also done it for no reason. That can and should be a pretty life-altering experience for threes. However, when threes can operate out of an authentic, self-affirming place, they can be truly inspiring individuals that create and lead dynamic groups of people to reach incredible goals. And I know that sounds like every coaching company's website, but for threes, it's actually pretty true. All right, now that we've got the basic description out of the way, let's talk about how threes are natured and nurtured during their childhood.
Disclaimer, you should know that when I discuss Enneagram childhood experiences, I am always taking into account both nature and nurture. We are all born with a specific temperament, psychologically speaking. That is undeniable. But the way our primary caregivers raise us has a great deal of influence on how that temperament gets expressed as adults. Okay, there's my disclaimer. In their earliest years, threes often behave like type six loyalists as they were attached to the support of their family and authority figures. However, they quickly realized that they didn't merit attention without performance or achievement. No one really models a sense of quiet, calm stability for the type three children. And instead, they're shown a form of public hyperactivity. And that's not to say that threes weren't told they were special and free to do anything, but what they perceived was an imbalance between their nurturing figures' words and their actions. Threes are deeply attached to and affected by their nurturing figure. And most often, the mother is the nurturing figure in the family. Maternal figures are meant to mirror the child's identity back to them, with unconditional love and support. But for threes, their maternal figure tends to subconsciously express a desire or expectation for extroverted excellence. And threes become hyper aware of this. So for example, playing the piano is great, but what would be even better would be to play the piano in front of the whole school at the talent show. This emphasis on public success is caused by a disconnection with shame that tends to permeate not just the maternal figure, but the three's entire family. That could be a messy divorce or whatever. So achieving external praise and success becomes the antidote to that familial shame. Ultimately, threes will play out a lifelong pattern of seeking out awards because they never felt like the average normal child inside of them was worthy of love and affirmation, and their lost childhood message is simply that you're loved for who you are, not what you do. Okay, now that we've covered a good chunk of the standard characteristics and formative experiences of the type three achiever, let's talk about the unique variations within the type three personality, starting with the wings. Threes with a two wing are called the charmer. Twos are called the helper because they are driven by a deep need to be needed. And a lot of type two characteristics actually fuel the three's natural strengths. So charmers are even more energetic, sociable, and wired for relationships. Charmers are the cliche, pretty popular girl or guy in school. Think of the cheerleader and the quarterback. They love to be at the center of attention and are masters at cultivating relationships with people they deem worthy of their social circle. Because threes are naturally competitive and twos are naturally prideful, charmers can get caught up in needing to be the best in their community. They want their spouse to be a catch. They want their kids to be at the top of the class and they want their home to be the best on the block. All of this is fueled by a desire to be desired. Because twos are lovers at heart, Threes with a two wing are a bit more geared towards relational prominence than career prominence. That makes them super seductive. So beware if you've caught their eye because they wanna be with who they wanna be with and they'll tend to get them. Charmers will use their warmth, positivity and encouragement to get you to fall for them. They also just tend to be physically attractive people as well, and they put a great deal of effort into staying that way even as they age. Because of this superficiality, charmers are a bit more defensive and emotionally fragile than other threes. In the more unhealthy range, they can become desperate for any attention, even negative attention. And so they'll spark drama or lash out angrily just so that you have to deal with them. They can embody some pretty shameless narcissism when they feel rejected or like they're not getting what they feel entitled to in life. However, healthy charmers are generous, enthusiastic people that actually get mistyped as sevens because they're just so much fun to be around. 
All right, now let's talk about threes with a four wing. Threes with a four wing are called the professional. Professionals are a fascinating subtype because threes and fours at their core are really different people. Type four individualists are driven by a deep desire to be seen as a unique or special individual and are plagued by envy because they inherently believe that everyone else has something that they don't have. And that actually feeds the type threes natural competitiveness but it makes them shift their attention to some special area of life to succeed in rather than just going after what everybody else already has. Sometimes this can make threes with a four wing actually look like type five investigators because they'll go after some specialized role, be it an artistic or technical field. The four wing also makes professionals a bit more emotionally vulnerable than charmers because the two wing makes charmers try to squash any negative emotions that may make them look less desirable. While the four wing allows threes to become more self-aware and willing to dive into hard truths about themselves. Sometimes though, the four wing adds a bit too much emphasis on self-doubt and negativity, which can make professionals swing from total ego inflation to crippling self-doubt all in the span of one afternoon. It is important to note, however, that doctors Rizzo and Hudson from the Enneagram Institute agree that threes with a four wing are not typically manic depressive, although they often get diagnosed as such. Rizzo and Hudson state that manic depressiveness stems from anxiety, whereas the three wing four's issue stems from a narcissistic desire to meet grandiose expectations that no one could possibly live up to. Anyway, I'm not a doctor, so I just defer to their expertise on that particular subject. But what I can say, since I'm married to a three wing four, is that they are very capable of navigating a wide array of emotions in a very short period of time that makes it difficult for, let's say, rigid type ones to keep up with. Overall though, professionals are hardworking, creative leaders that can just as easily inspire you with a spreadsheet as they can with a poem. All right, now let's talk about the movements of integration and disintegration. This is a theory that each Enneagram type takes on the traits of another type based on their level of health. And if you look at the actual lines of the Enneagram, then you will see that type three is connected to the type six and the type nine. So their movement of integration is to the type six loyalist and their movement of disintegration is to the type nine peacemaker. So when threes are not dealing well with stress and are functioning in a lower level of mental and emotional health, they disintegrate to the worst characteristics of the type nine peacemaker. Disintegrated threes are exhausted by their own pursuit of success. And so they begin to numb themselves by isolating, indulging in things like junk food, alcohol, drugs, or just simply hours of Netflix on the couch. Now I know chilling on the couch for a few hours can sound pretty innocent, but for the three, it's tinged with a sense of giving up on themselves rather than loving themselves by taking some much needed time for self-care. Now when threes are healthy and living out of a mature, balanced lifestyle, they integrate the best characteristics of the type six loyalist. Since average threes are obsessed with maintaining their image as a leader, this movement of integration looks more like becoming a committed follower, friend, or partner. Intimacy is really scary for threes because it risks exposing their true identity, which is why they'd usually prefer to keep their distance from the crowd by staying up on stage. But integrated threes find confidence in who they are at their core, and so they can relax that need for special attention in order to cultivate bonds of mutual friendship and self-acceptance. Okay, that's the general overview of the movements of integration and disintegration for the type three achiever. Time to go a layer deeper and talk about their instinctual variants.
The Enneagram instincts describe the most basic ways we function in our daily lives. The pattern normally goes that we operate out of one primary instinct, then our secondary instinct really just serves the first, and the last instinct is usually repressed due to some formative experience we had growing up. The three instincts are the self-preservation instinct, the social instinct, and the sexual instinct. These instincts lay on top of our personality, so it's really important to know your primary instinct because everything about your Enneagram type will be filtered through your instincts. Now that you got a bit more context, let's start out by describing how type three achievers look when they operate primarily out of the self-preservation instinct. Self-preservation threes are concerned with their material possessions and physical security. Self-pressed threes are often misidentified as type six loyalists, which is also fueled by the fact that threes integrate type six traits in health. So if you identified as a type six originally, but now you're hearing this and reconsidering, just be sure to put some serious thought into whether or not you're driven by a sense of shame around your identity like the type three, or if you're driven by an underlying wave of anxiety and fear like the type sixes. Takes a lot of discernment to figure this out, so don't rush into getting attached to which Enneagram type you are if you're not quite sure. It's way better to say, I don't know my type yet, than to just choose one you like and then go down a path that leads to more confusion in the long run. Anyway, self-preservation threes are extremely efficient and practical in how they do things. Their top concern in life is advancing their pursuit of lifelong goals. So any extracurricular activity often gets cut. Self-pres threes love tangible rewards and having a specific career ladder to climb that guarantees status and wealth will increase over time. These traits make it harder for self-pres threes to take breaks and chill since they feel like time is money and time wasted means potentially losing your livelihood. Self-pres threes are so driven to achieve their security that they can often get caught up in catastrophic thinking so if they're stressed out and they get sick and then they have to miss a few days of work and then it turns into, oh no, what if I don't get that promotion and then my career bottoms out? If the three has a four wing, they'll be even more prone to these dramatic bouts of catastrophic thinking. And this kind of unsustainable pressure makes self-pressed threes prone to burnout and even mental breakdowns caused by intense anxiety. Again, another reason they can look like sixes. When self-pressed threes can find a healthy work-life balance and perhaps partner with a trusted coworker or collaborator to help carry the load, then they can build beautiful empires of wealth and stability that benefit the lives of countless others. Okay, that's the self-pres instinct, on to the social instinct. Threes with a social instinct are perhaps the truest embodiment of the type three personality as we know it. They are driven by prestige. And I love that word for social threes because it reminds me of the movie, The Prestige. If you've seen it, then you know that iconic moment in the film when Michael Caine describes the three steps that go into a magic trick or an illusion. Step one is the pledge, step two is the turn, and step three is the prestige. It's the wow factor that amazes the audience and we all go, how'd they do that? But deep down, we all know it's just an illusion. And much like Hugh Jackman's character in that movie, social threes will go to the furthest possible lengths to ensure that they have the audience's respect and admiration. However, social threes are chasing a very fickle goal because culture, community and life in general makes it impossible to retain that prestige forever. Because let's say physical fitness and beauty is your benchmark for success. Well, everyone gets older and loses the beauty of their youth. If success is having lots of money and nice things, well, what happens when there's a pandemic and you get laid off? This desire to remain socially prestigious can drive threes to actually start lying about who they are, be it falsifying a resume, 
taking out loans and racking up debt or getting cosmetic surgery. When social threes do have a healthy sense of self though, they are full of charisma and charm and can make people feel incredibly seen. Like when you have the full attention of a social three, you just feel capable and energized because their confidence is so infectious. But enough about the social instinct, let's get into the sexual instinct. The one you've all been waiting for. Now, the sexual instinct makes people uncomfortable because they think it's all about getting down and dirty. It's not. The sexual instinct is typically about a desire for quality over quantity and valuing intensity over serenity. But for sexual threes, it actually is kind of all about being physically sexy. They wanna be shown off by their partner. And if they don't already have a partner, they wanna find a very desirable mate because they want people to think their partner is a catch. Now that could be someone who is physically beautiful or financially successful or famous. Either way, sexual threes will seduce potential partners with their charisma, charm, and yes, physical beauty. And it's interesting to note that threes and twos are really similar in this area, but the primary difference is that sexual twos give you tons of attention and affirmation, while sexual threes draw attention to their best qualities and make you affirm them. Also, sexual threes are very uncomfortable with emotional intimacy and vulnerability, as they much prefer, surprise, surprise, physical intimacy. The cliche of the sexual three is the one night stand that wakes up in the morning and has no idea how to talk to the person they just spent the night with. The sexual two, on the other hand, probably wake up and make you breakfast in bed. Sounds kind of awesome. So keep that in mind if you have a two wing three or a three wing two and aren't sure of your predominant type. Just think about your last one night stand. That's <laughs> like the worst example. Okay, last important thing to note is that sexual threes typically have a deeper trauma tied to their father. As kids, threes tend to get most of their attention from their overly involved mom. So their inability to have a well-rounded sense of sexual identity needs to be cultivated through platonic, healthy relationships across all genders. It'd also be pretty helpful for sexual threes to take a season off from dating when they're younger so they don't develop this pattern of hopping from partner to partner. All right, those are the three instincts for the type three achievers. Now let's move on to the triads. The three triads of the Enneagram are a way of grouping personality types based on shared characteristics. They've really evolved over time and are a major way the Enneagram continues to integrate widely held concepts from mainstream psychology. I also think they're just a great reminder of the ways we share so many behaviors with every personality type, no matter who they are. Okay, first triad is the triad centers, which is often just called the triad because most folks don't know about the other two. And this triad is all about how we experience the world around us. If you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, this is that whole thinking versus feeling idea. However, with the Enneagram, there are three ways of knowing, through the head, through the heart, and through the gut or the body. Type three achievers find themselves smack dab in the center of the heart triad next to type twos and type fours. Now their location is really important because being in the center of a triad means that you have no escape. No matter what wing you have, you are still in the heart triad. And there's a term for this. It's called being the impinged type. The impinged types are in the center of their respective triad. And you can remember them by thinking about the triangle that connects them within the Enneagram symbol. You can see that the nine is in the center of the gut triad, the six is in the center of the head triad, and the three is in the middle of the heart triad. All impinged types will have the hardest time navigating their respective triad. So the heart types are driven by their emotions, which means threes will have the hardest time 
becoming both aware of and accepting of their emotions. There are two key traits that all heart types share. First is that they deal primarily with a sense of shame around their identity. And second is that they are plagued by the past. Now, each heart type responds to their shame and attachment to the past differently. But as far as threes go, their shame makes them focus on crafting a flawless, successful identity that they try to convince others of, as well as themselves. Again, threes are impinged, which means they both externalize and internalize their own BS, which is also why they are so lost when it comes to finding their true identity and embracing their true feelings. When threes take a long, hard look at themselves and give their hearts a moment to feel deeply, there's usually a pool of tears just waiting below the surface. It's admittedly scary and exhausting to keep their shame repressed for years on end by convincing others that they're just amazing, as well as trying to convince themselves that they're amazing. Overall, threes would do well to have a regular practice or therapeutic modality that allows them to check in with their feelings, forgive the past, and be honest about who they are today. But I'll save my advice for the end of the episode. And moving on from the triad centers, let's talk about the harmonic triad. The harmonic triad is all about the way we cope with pain, trauma, or failure. The three groups within the harmonic triad are the competency group, the positive outlook group, and the reactive group. Type threes are in the competency group, and they are very concerned with their goals and being perceived as a capable, outstanding human being. If they fail miserably at something, they're likely to just shift the goalposts and explain that they were actually shooting for a totally different target and don't really care about that other thing that didn't work out. There's another behavior that makes them look like sevens because threes have a sort of upbeat spirit where they never seem deterred by setbacks and certainly don't like to focus on dark or heavy subject matters. This also ties into their status as the impinged type of the heart triad. So if they look unfazed by failure or trauma, it's just likely because they're so out of touch with their emotions, which is also why logic and competency or productivity feels better to the three and makes them seek out rational solutions that will look good to their audience of family, friends, and followers in general. All right, that's the harmonic triad. Now let's move on to the last one, which is the Hornevian triad. The Hornevian triad describes the general ways each type behaves in social situations. Your primary instinct also has a ton of influence here, so if it doesn't resonate, be sure to check out your instinctual variant again. The three groups of the Hornevian triad are the withdrawn group, the compliant group, and the assertive group. Type threes are in the assertive group with types seven and type eight. Assertive types believe the best way to show up in social situations, be it a party or a job interview, is to assert yourself in a distinct, noticeable way. Threes look a bit different than the other assertive types here because they rely on approval and affirmation of the group as a whole. They would much rather earn their way to the top or be elected from within the group rather than show up and immediately be top dog, like sevens and eights would probably prefer. Their assertiveness is far more political in nature, so they use their talents to make the team happy and shift their behaviors to be the most likable version of whatever personality type thrives in a given environment. Threes wanna be remembered and revered, and they often want no part of being feared or looking overly enthusiastic if the group doesn't really value charisma for charisma's sake. Threes believe if they can just have a conversation with you in person, you'll love them and thus their social problems will be solved by having asserted their physical presence. All right, now you know where type threes fall in each Enneagram triad. Time for some final thoughts on practical steps threes can take to live into the healthiest version of their personality. Okay. 
Okay, if you haven't noticed by now, the Enneagram is incredibly critical and it touches on the most sensitive areas of our lives. And that's because its foundational belief is that the ego or what most people call your personality is just the you you've become to survive in this world. But there's a layer below your ego called your essence or your true self. If those terms are too new agey or woo woo for you, just think about it like becoming the best version of your personality. Either way, the only process to get that true self out of you is to become aware of the top layer of your ego so that you can make healthy choices to either identify with it or transcend it. So with that said, let's talk about a few ways type three achievers can work on transcending their ego. One major practice threes can use to develop their self-awareness is simply getting alone with their feelings. You can set a timer for 15 minutes so you don't get too antsy, but it's important to practice stillness because your tendency is gonna to be to get addicted to busyness and then overwork yourself to avoid your feelings of inadequacy. As one of my favorite coaches always said, it takes confidence to take a day off. Being truly confident in your work and your identity means that you don't have to obsess about it. You don't have to overwork it. Next, it's also important to take breaks to focus on the well-being of others. The three's preference for productivity can mean they skip over the more heartfelt aspects of their relationship. Threes will actually become more self-accepting when they open their hearts to the interests and well-being of others. This will also help threes keep their priorities straight and remember that work is never more important than your friends and family. Threes also come alive in communal settings. So if they have the energy to coordinate group hangouts or even just participate in recurring activities like a book club or intramural sports, they will find themselves a lot more centered in their identity than if they give 100% to their work all the time. Sort of in the same vein as taking breaks is the practice of saying no. Threes constantly overcommit themselves because they're insecure about their true worthiness, so they spread themselves thin. Having healthy boundaries and knowing when you are just too exhausted to say yes to another commitment is a huge sign of health for the type three. Next, Threes love to impress people, but they often do it by embellishing their accomplishments and underplaying their failures. But threes gotta realize that they're often more inspiring and impressive when they're vulnerable about the ways they're struggling or the ways they screwed up. Threes will have way better relationships if they can practice letting people see them crash and burn because it's humanizing. More of us can relate to the experience of failure than going undefeated or selling your company for a billion dollars or having 0% body fat when you're 50 years old or whatever. It's also like, Kind of creepy. Lastly, threes would do well to find a good career mentor. They often struggle with depression caused by unrealistic expectations surrounding their work. Again, threes have a little bit of a subtle competitive spirit in which they're always comparing themselves to those around them, which can be really demoralizing. So threes need someone they admire to tell them that they're doing a good job, even if they're not getting promoted as fast as they want or making as much money as others in their field. The comparison game kills the achievers bright little spirit. So find a way to have realistic conversations about your goals and see if you're actually doing better than you think. Okay, y'all, that was a lot. Time to ease off the pressure a bit and close things out with some final lighthearted topics that really have nothing to do with the real work of the Enneagram, but hey, they're fun to talk about. First up is the type three spirit country. So think about a culture defined by its dream of having a big house, a white picket fence and 2.5 children. Yep, it's none other than these United States of America. We're also the source of celebrity culture and all the shiny image of success on social media. Next up is the type three spirit animals, which I've already alluded to in this episode, but there's technically a few that work. First is the chameleon with their ability to blend into almost any environment. And second is the peacock. 
always showing off those fancy feathers or jazz hands. I don't know what I'm doing here. Lastly, when it comes to famous type threes, you got all the OG influencers like Oprah, Tony Robbins, you got Bill Clinton, Whitney Houston, Meryl Streep. And in the Marvel universe, I'd say Thor is a deadlock for a type three achiever. He's a freaking gorgeous lightning god, so there's pretty much no debate there. But let me know in the comments if you disagree. Alrighty, that's a wrap on this personality type overview for type three achievers. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope I achieved an entertaining episode. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, but I do. I really, I hope it helps you understand the type threes a bit better. And if you are a type three, I hope I left you with some helpful perspective on who you are and how to continually grow into your best self and, and have the best relationships and career possible. If you like this episode, it would mean a whole hell of a lot to me if you would hit that like button, share it with your friends or subscribe to the channel. And if you feel so inclined, drop me a comment about anything you'd like to learn more about, anything that stood out to you, anything you disagree with and I will do my best to respond to anything you send my way. Also threes, if you want to work together in a more corporate setting, just go to you'vegotatype.com and fill out a contact card and we will make it happen. Love corporate events, love lunch and learns, been there, done that. They're a blast. Can't wait to see uh, you threes in your natural environment. As always, I'm your host Colton Simmons and I hope to see you on another episode of You've Got a Type. Basically, any of these episodes, really. Yeah, any of them. Go for it. Just... You know how it works. It's YouTube.